Today's episode is brought to you by Balulu Studios. Balulu Studios is a small event space located at 3131 Bull Street in Savannah, Georgia. For more information, visit balulustudios.com backslash event space. Hello, this is Kevin. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Ten Frame. This is a conversation between me and Steven Anderson, an artist living and working in Atlanta, Georgia. He is a graduate of the Art Institute of Chicago with a focus on painting, graphic design, and printmaking. A sample of his work is included in Gathered Six, which is a group show currently on view at the Museum of Contemporary Art of Georgia until January 13th. To virtually experience this exhibit, head over to mochaga.org. There, you can view all of the work that is included in this show. If you're interested in my own work, you can follow me on Instagram at Kevin Wilpaint. And you can also check out Kelly's work on Instagram at Kelly K. Thompson Art. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me. I appreciate it. Normally, there's another person. Um, there's another person, Kelly. Uh, he's not here this morning. But so I'm aware of your work through the Mocha Gathered show. Um, we're both participating in that event and it's on view until January 13th. I guess, Stephen, can you just tell me a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up and maybe a little background um, about yourself? So I grew up in, uh, in Michigan, um, just outside of Ann Arbor. And then, uh, I lived in Michigan until, uh, with my parents. And then I, I went to school at the university of Michigan in Ann Arbor graduated in 93 and thought that I would go into, I don't know, advertising, I guess, because I was interested in media and, and um, felt like I was creative enough. But and then I was like, well, where, where's who's recruiting me? What's going on? Uh, yeah. Where's the jobs? And then and then my uh, my cousin was in Prague in the Czech Republic and he's like, come visit me. And so I was there for about six months that was the first place where I had uh, encountered uh, real artists, real musicians. First place I did acid and I was like, Fun. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I realized that like I wanted to be an artist and that I would go back to school to study and, but also make sure that I, you know, like learned a trade or something so that I wouldn't get left out in the lurch again. So I moved to Chicago Um I enrolled at the School of the Art Institute to get a uh, a BFA, and I learned graphic design and painting and printmaking. And met my wife there, and we, she and her friends, uh, started a magazine called Cakewalk, and I helped with that after the first issue. And it was sort of a contemporary art um, magazine that we did, interviewing artists and things like that. And uh, the the art scene I felt was kind of bustling in Chicago until about 2000, and uh, a bunch of our friends all moved to Los Angeles, nice. uh, artists. And um, we were left there. We just were like, well, we're going to stick around. And then we realized everybody who we knew that was left was just very embittered and crotchety. And we're like, okay, we're coming to Los Angeles too. So we moved out in 2001. And... Um, the community was kind of set up for us there. Um, it, was, it was a big destination for Midwesterners. And, what part uh, of LA did you live in? Uh, Mount Washington and then uh, Highland Park at Rock. Um, right. Highland Park before it 
gentrified. Yeah. Um, so we, so we lived there from uh, 2001 to 2012. Uh, uh, son Finn was born there. Um, and I kind of, uh, all my friends were at Cal arts and I just sort of like read what they were reading and, um, uh, you know, went to their openings and, and uh, kind of was in their scene as much as I could be without being a student. And so I learned a lot and um, kind of paid my artistic dues out there, I felt like. Um, and then... Uh, what type of work when, were you making out there? What type of art? Uh, I was making uh, drawings and paintings about um, uh, succulents, like aloes and, and agaves and things. And I sort of came up with an idea that, um, you know, there's just these metaphors that you can get from nature. Uh, whereas like, you know, some of these plants, they're all like super tough and they, they have this like sort of very arid environment and they've developed ways to survive. And of course this was, you know, during the war in Iraq and all that, when I was coming up with these ideas and I'm like, well, if we're going to be artists and activists and we want to survive, um, we have to come up with these um, strategies. And so like one strategies that these plants have is to put in, you know, put out sort of like shoots and clones through, through the ground. And that's sort of like the community. And then at the same time, they will also put up a, you know, like a 30 foot stalk and flower brilliantly and then die. So there's, that's sort of like the individual, um, uh, aspect and I thought, oh, this is a really, you know, cool way to think about about how to how to be and um, and I can apply that in 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 depicting these things and talk and talk about these sort of things I'm interested in. So, were you making that? Um, type, were you making those uh, drawings also in Chicago? In Chicago, it was um, tree branches with no leaves. So nature's <laughs> it's definitely a theme in your work. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, also in, in L.A., I was working with uh, my friend who's a, a writer and arts administrator named Tom McKenzie. And we came up with a, um, I don't know, it was kind of like a spoof on New Age business consultants called the uh, Ecstatic Energy. Uh, and, and we we kind of like masqueraded um as like someone who could come to your business and do a um psychic reading and figure out you know what you know what flows of energy were going on and in fact we got to do this at the hammer museum and do a huge investigation like in the museum behind the scenes in the museum and we would do things like just sound bells and record the echoes and um we made all these sort of like really psychedelic plans to, to, uh, I don't know, um, just investigate, uh, how a museum works and, and what are the forces. And of course the hammer is sort of very interesting in terms of it's like founder who is an oil magnate it's owned by UCLA partly and all those things were changing and we got to meet with Ann Philbin and some of the other administrators and they're like, please don't do some of this stuff because it's going to really make a rift between our board and other people. So yeah. we, 
So that was interesting. So it was censored um, a little bit. You had to well, bring it back. I mean, we had, we, yeah, we're like, well, do we have some sort of punk response to this or do we want to, you know, where we got, we really had to think about like, where's our heart and what do we want, really want to do in terms of like institutional critique? We don't want to blow up a museum, uh, right. you know, we, we cared about it. So I don't know. I mean, it was a, it was an interesting moment. Um, Anyway, so then in uh, 2012, uh, Liz and Finn and I moved to Atlanta just to be closer to our family. Uh-huh. And um, fortunately, a lot of those um, dues-paying uh, situations in LA paid off because I, um, the people who I met there were like, oh, I've got great friends in Atlanta. You should talk to them. And um, that was how I got hooked up at the uh atlanta contemporary and had a my first big solo show um there like six months after i moved to atlanta so that was really it's awesome i mean it, it was it was fortunate and it was really welcoming uh by Stuart herodner and the atlanta contemporary in the community there and it was great and i ended up getting a studio there and that's how i through there my network of artists and pe- friends and people like blossomed and that's just how i got to know people in town and that was you know i've been here over 10 years now and that was just like the foundation of my time in atlanta right on so this podcast it's it's kind of um it's geared towards emerging artists so having said that can you talk a little bit about the work that you have at gathered yeah yeah uh so the the piece uh that i have at gathered is called uh the crack between two worlds and it is a it's a piece that is uh, on panel, and it's um, it's basically wrapped with uh, burlap, uh, and there's layers of burlap, and um, it's thick around the sides. And as you as you move towards the middle, uh, the burlap disappears, and then there's um, just sort of like a drawing and painting directly on the surface, and so it's marker and pen and acrylic and ink. It's in the shape of, it looks like a seed. It looks like, I mean, it looks, it's a derivative of my tree ring works, which are more circular. This is more of a egg shaped or oval or something like that. And it's green and black and a little bit of brown and things like that. So, so for me, it was a, it's a bunch of um, using this burlap was a, was a sort of a new thing for me starting in, 2022, I made a bunch of works uh, in the show uh, that showed in Atlanta that's incorporating burlap as sort of a a material that is in some ways see-through and some ways really just sort of rough and textural. Uh, incorporate that that with my uh, drawing and painting. Do you sew it? Do you paint onto the burlap and then sew them together or... Are you applying paint with maybe a palette knife or to to get uh, some no this is the the drawing and painting is more right directly on the on the gessoed panel okay and then the the burlap is sort of glued on and i i just um i would use like a a sharp rotary knife and cut the burlap to shapes that i wanted and then just glue and then layer on top on top i see i'm familiar a little bit with your the rings or the mm-hmm. the larger pieces and it looks like that it's torn paper possibly 
I haven't seen them in person. I've only looked at it online, but it yeah. looks like there's many layers of paper that's torn and adhered together. And then you paint on top of it, something like that. Yeah. And that's how I do, do these mostly. And okay. then, so the burlap layering is sort of echoes that a little bit. Uh-huh. There's another piece that I was interested in. It's metal and it's in a forest. It looks like a, like at a park somewhere. I think it's shared history. Number two. It's metal. Yeah. Can you talk yeah. about that one? That one's interesting to me. Yeah, that piece um, is at the Blue Heron Nature Preserve in North Atlanta. Uh, it's a permanent uh, piece there. I was the artist in residence in uh, 2001 for the whole year. And that piece, uh, what I did was I, I made a bunch of uh, just line drawings of uh, my concentric circle tree rings. And then I worked with... <clears throat> Uh, the artist Jane Jane Foley, who is a uh, MoCA GA uh, uh, working artist winner for this year, she's great and she knows how to do anything and everything. And so she we trans we sort of transferred the drawings to the uh, sheet metal, and then she welded uh, the lines. Basically, just drew with welding, and so it's got these sort of concentric circles with raised you know, it's sort of raised bumps. And then, um, so we made, I think, six or seven of, of those that were sort of cut out into circular shapes. And then we um, attached them so that it looks as if it's a stack, as if you were looking at a stack of lumber from the, from the end, mm-hmm. or a stack of uh, logs, I guess. And so now it's on the forest and it's just sort of rusting um, slowly and it's, uh, it's, really beautiful and i've seen it in different times of the year in the fall it's the same colors everything around it um in the in the uh spring and summer it's a huge contrast to all the the greens yeah Um, so it's really exciting and that's the first sort of like public work that i've done public sculpture i've done and and um it was it was a really fun process it was terrifying and i just would let her do the welding and i until the very end i a little bit i was like oh this is not so bad but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of like heat and spark and just very powerful energy that i was (laughs) didn't quite know what to do with it first i've been able to collaborate within the last six months with a local artist in savannah i'm in i'm based out of savannah and um Mm -hmm. same story where (laughs) he got the ball rolling and it's pretty violent watching you know somebody maneuver and manipulate metal but um it's exciting and so the photos that you have of that piece in the forest are they current on your website or has it patinaed since then is it weathered a little bit it's probably patinaed since then we installed it in october 2022 so it's been more than a year and i haven't been out there lately but i'm sure it's rusted even more yeah i want to see it in 10 years from now and see how it <laughs> it grows. Yeah, I hope there'll be something left in ten years. I'm um, sure. I just want to see the the color changes and as it as it patinas. But yeah, I noticed on your website there's the day night projects, or is it day and night projects? Day and night projects. Yeah. So can you so talk about that? When I yeah, when I left the uh, Atlanta Contemporary, I was looking for a studio space. This is in 2016. And I found this place that was like 3,000 square feet. It was already subdivided up into like five or six different rooms. And um, 
so I, I grabbed a couple other artists that I knew and we and we got the space and then there was one uh room that had like a big old uh one wall is just a big window into the lobby area and it's sort of a weird l shape and we were talking to each other and like oh we've all had sort of like curatorial um experience either starting our own space or starting magazine or all these kind of stuff so we decided that we would um we would start a, a little art gallery and so it was mark liebert and um tori tinsley and um and myself and William Downs. And um and since then uh we've had I think uh almost 50 exhibitions. Um uh right now it's uh, uh William and myself and Angel Ellis uh as co-directors. Um we've hosted, I mean there's been like almost 80 80 artists that we've worked with in total and it's just been wonderful we do about you know like four week exhibitions usually and and we we sometimes we've done exchanges with other galleries uh, like in uh, Tallahassee with the soup and uh in uh, Tampa with um the Tempest projects we've uh we've invited them to show you know curate a show at our space and then we would curate our artists down at their space and that's been really fun um do you have call to artists for the for this gallery or yeah yeah that's how scope? we found our artists over the last uh couple years and we've come to the end of that run of i think we had like 12 artists that we cho chose out of the open call in 2021 so i and uh, this is uh, exclusive for your listeners we're going to have an open call starting this december and we'll be concluding in uh i think the end of january so that'll, that'll okay. be artists for the next year um is... and that we'll post that to our instagram and our email uh list um but what we're looking for is artists to give us proposals and it can be a group show or it can be a uh solo or a two-person or whatever and we want what we usually like to show is artists that are giving us something that is exciting, of course, and maybe something that if they show in other galleries they, is different because it's new uh, or young artists who are, you know, like, I don't know how you define an emerging artist to tell the truth, but like, you it's know, we, buzzword, uh, right? young artists that are, that are just not really like, set to any one way of working yet but just sort of exciting to you know excited to make something and in, in a space to show right um so yeah so we're excited about that and we're hoping to uh is it kind of like be in the, you know craig drennan is it kind of like his? yeah yeah the end the end right right it's it's very similar uh to what he's doing for sure and it's yeah. just you know it's um it's a small space and we I think our community is mostly artists. We don't really have collectors uh, who come. Uh, we rarely sell anything. When we do, it's great. Right. Uh, we kind of run on a shoestring budget. We're hoping to get into the Atlanta Art Fair uh, that's happening uh, in October of 2024. Nice. Uh, so we'll see. It sounds like it's a collection of studio spaces with a gallery at the, at the end or at, and within mm -hmm. it. 
it gives a leg up, you know, for artists. Yeah, I mean, what we're interested in is uh, is community, and um, and I think if you look at the avant-garde movements of the 20th century or or even earlier, like artists who are remembered, they didn't they didn't just work in isolation. They had a scene, and they cultivated people, and they had people to write about their work, and they had you know it was it was not just the artwork; it was the energy that built up around it, and I think it's important for artists to not wait for that community. I mean, yes, plug in the community if it's there, but don't wait for it to happen. You know, go ahead and start something where, where you can bring people together. Right. Um, you know, whether it's, uh, there's this great, um, diagram I have in my, in my studio, of a, a writer I found online. I don't have the name right off hand, but, it's a big Venn diagram of like what artists make, uh, what the situations they, they create for, for themselves and for the community, uh, you know, just in terms of like, you know, gets down to performance and painting and things like that, or, you know, like wider ideas of community and experience and things like that. So, um, I'll have to find that uh, if you're interested, but it's a, yeah, of course. I don't know. It's just a, a really expanded idea of, of what an artist can be and can do. So it sounds like you're really submerged in the Atlanta art community. And I'm excited to maybe hear about what your plans are for 2024. You mentioned the Atlanta art fair, but uh, what other things are maybe do you have on the horizon with your own work? Uh, yeah. So um, I've, just was talking to uh, uh, Yukai uh, Lin, who runs Kylan Art, and he invited me to do a solo show, and I think that's going to be in uh, May. Nice. Um, I've got a solo show in June at the um, in Athens, uh, Georgia, uh, and I've submitted some things. Who knows what those will happen? I'm also working with uh, Uncool Artist, which is a a group in Brooklyn um, and I did a residency there this past fall. And uh, one of the cool, one of the great things that's come out of that is that we, um, uh, we have decided to start a members only gallery. So they just found a store storefront space in Brooklyn uh, right across from Navy yards. And I'm one of the founding artist members of that. So we're, we're going to be looking for, um, artists to join uh as on a membership basis and um it's exciting because each artist will have a solo show in new york every two or three years and then group shows to participate in so it's a different structure than day night projects but it's uh it's definitely artists uh taking control of um of how and when to show their work and and you know, doing it in a sort of community way, which is, yeah, I think there's a really good examples of New York, uh, in New York of artists, um, members, members, galleries that have been successful in sustaining. Um, so we're hopeful that that will, um, that we can move in that direction. What was the name uh, of that? And so it's great. Uh, it's, it's, it's going to be called UA Gallery, okay. but the organization is Uncool Artists. Uncool Artists. Yeah. Um, 
and it's great. I was at this residency. I met uh, people from Brazil and all over the world, and it, uh, it was really fun. And I'm uh, looking forward to working outside of Atlanta without having to to move to New York. Yeah. And, uh, Have you been to Brazil? Did you say it was with Brazilian artists or no? Yeah, it was founded by Brazilian artists that that uh, emigrated to the U.S. Oh, okay. Um, you know, like uh, 10 years ago or something. So I got you. Um, so there's a lot of those connections. Um, and uh, I'm hoping to, you know, I'm hoping it'll provide opportunities, not just to show in New York, but also in Sao Paulo or, Rio or something down the road, which would be really exciting. It's interesting to hear you talk. It sounds like you're really uh, good at creating communities or at least interested in that, excited about it, making communities and maybe allowing those spaces um, to help you grow your own artwork or your. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Uh, it, it really is a, a parallel. I mean, I feel like it's not, I'm, it's not like one thing is, is getting success while the other doesn't. I mean, I feel like the more people that, that are in the community of the gallery of the day and night projects, the more people that can drop means that can drop into my studio and see what I'm doing, you know? Right. Um, and the, the more people know my personal work, then they can see about the gallery. And, and um, so I've, I've seen both of these kind of grow simultaneously and it's not easy. I've got a full-time job at Emory university where I, where I do graphic design and, and um, I've, you know, I've got a family and, uh, so I end up kind of not sleeping so much, but, yeah. um, but it's amazing that kind of like time that you can find if, if you can get by and less sleep, there's just like, I'm the same way. I, I never, if I'm a curious person and I like to just meet people, learn new materials, new, like just, um, maybe some would say that I'm all over the place, but I don't think so. I'm I'm just interested in growing um, as an artist, but a person, and and also growing communities too. But and yeah. I would think that to some degree, if you're making a space that is artist led, or it's a, a if it is a community, then when you're not able to attend to something or get things moving, maybe other people have a little space on their plate, or you know, to help keep the ball rolling. So it's it's fluid or is that or would you say there's definitely you're at the forefront or is it kind of a give and take scenario i mean or maybe you can take it I so think, far and then you have to rely on other people to help keep the ball in the air well i mean definitely like for day and night projects like william's strength is in like the physicality of the space to hang he can hang a show expertly in like if it takes me a day he can do it in an hour you know yeah. he's well this is william downs he's an amazing artist but he's you know his whole life uh as an as an artist he's also also been like hanging artwork uh in new york galleries and and millionaires houses and he can, he's just a, a pro yeah and so um so it's really great to work with someone who has different skills than I do and can really, you know, um, can, can really, other. you know, like share, 
Yeah, yeah. And of course, our our uh, our, our new co-director, Angel, like she's a young uh, curator. And so uh, I'm trying to figure out how to uh, how we can sort of share um, the tasks rather than it just me doing you know, things like writing press releases and all that. So that's something that we're working out and, and, and that, that she's learning. And, and uh, I think she's going to go on to do really excellent things. So we're excited to have her as well. Um, can I, can I tell you, uh, I'm, since I'm just looking at this, this piece that's in, uh, in gathered, can I tell you a story yeah, about please. it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so this piece, the crack between two worlds, it was uh, in a show that I, uh, a solo show at uh, Gallery 1740 in, in uh, Atlanta. And, yeah. and the gallery is in the Christchurch Presbyterian Church on Peachtree. And it's kind of like the big lobby hallway area outside the uh, congregation. Mm -hmm. And um, and they run it as an independent art gallery, which is exciting because, you know, usually uh, art and the church don't, mix in a way, a contemporary art and sure. don't mix the way that, that, uh, that we usually think of. And, um, and so, and I was like, Oh, I would love to show at this place. Like it kind of gives me a chance to sort of think about, uh, you know, my upbringing as a, as a Methodist and sort of my ideas about nature and, um, you know, what it was a, I thought a great opportunity. So I made a whole bunch of work, these burlap pieces and, and hung them up and the opening reception was great. And then, um, two days later it was Sunday morning and, uh, <laughs> I got a call from the, the curator, uh, her name is Rebecca Pete and she's fantastic. And she, she said, they want to take one of your pieces out of the show. And I was like, what? Yeah. It was like a record scratch. What's going on? And <laughs> she said, uh, a couple of Buckhead Bettys had complained to her boss, who's the social director, or I don't know, whatever he does. And and they said that this piece looked like a vagina. Oh. And <laughs> that's the one that's at Mocha. <laughs> yeah. And of course, you know, as I'm making it, that was like, that never even occurred to me. Yeah. I mean, yes, it's a, I mean, you, once you get that idea, you look at it and you're like, oh, okay, well. It does. I didn't think I mean, of it until yeah. you said that just now, but I can. It's the I same reaction that I had as what you had. And, and, uh, and so I was like, okay, well, can I just talk to the, these women? And they're like, no. We're going to take it out of the show. I was like, well, listen, let me just meet with you. And, and I started gathering like images of like Georgia O'Keeffe and, um, you know, like uh, paintings of Christ wounds and things like that, which is the exact same shape. You know, I hadn't done any of this thinking or research beforehand. Right. And I was just about to have a meeting and, and, and I talked to the curator. I said, you know, this is, uh, you, you're, you're, you're new at this job and I'm not trying to tell you how to, to run this gallery, but if this is ever going to be an independent gallery, now's the time to really, you know, make sure of it. And right. so to, to her credit, she, she stood up to her boss and said, listen, you cannot do this. Um, and so the piece stayed in 
Oh, that's um, good. Uh, so I was really proud of her and 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 thankful for her strong backing. Um, but I was ready to go in and make my case. And what did the, <laughs> um, the viewers say? How was how did they respond to it being still there the next Sunday or the next day? Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I didn't know yeah. who they were. They wouldn't talk to me directly. So I got you. Uh, so I think we, you know, it was kind of saved. I was, I mean, there's these situations where like, you know, like, what do I have to have to do? Call the newspaper? You know, I don't know what. So hopefully things don't get to that, but it was a, <laughs> let's just be clear though, for the audience though, it's not, maybe the shape is, you know, the form or something like that, uh, could be similar as a vagina but nothing vulgar there's no um that's just it there's just the line work potentially but yeah yeah and it references so I, your it old work me... with the trees with the the yeah rings of the trees right the the piece has the same language as, as your previous work yeah it's very nature-based and you could probably see this shape if you looked at a walnut that it was kind of half or something like that right um so, so I don't know, like what, uh, I don't know if they were, um, didn't quite get the message when they came out of the, uh, you know, the, the congregation on, on the Sunday and saw this piece. <laughs> I mean, usually you'd think that like you'd, your sins would be wiped clean and you'd be sort of a, you know, see the world fresh, but, um, maybe that's not what happened. Their know. mind was in the gutter. How dare them? I think that's quite possibly, but I mean, now now that I see it, it's like, okay, so. You have so a series what? called Regina. <laughs> That's all you're doing now. I don't know if I go that far, but I mean, like, well, here's the thing about doing work about nature is that when I start to focus on a shape or a, or a motif or something like that, I start to see it everywhere. And even if it's in our bodies, you know, like there's something about how nature works that I'm really excited about where things start to show up and over and over again. And is that because strictly there's a, you know, the DNA programs things to sort of like look this way, or is it just things, how things are shaped by the wind and the sun and the, and water, you know, I'm, it's interesting and you can really sort of get scientific about it. I, I like to sort of like keep that inquiry at a sort of like a poetic level and let the scientists handle it from there. Um, and then that's what keeps me excited about working with Nate about nature. And I feel like, you know, there's just so many of those sorts of uh, uh, inquiries and metaphors and things that I can just kind of, it's, it's really sustaining me throughout from, from here to, whenever I dropped out, I guess. Yeah. I have to know. So how did you get, what, what brought you, why are you interested in nature so much? Like what, where did that start? Was your family biologists or some story like uh, that? Or yeah, my mom's, a, my mom's a biologist. Okay. My dad uh, was a big time bird watcher. Uh, we always lived near a lake. Right um, that was a wild guess. I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. yeah. I was a boy scout too. So yeah. I was out, I was out in nature a lot as a kid. Gotcha. We often ask the guests that we have um, on the 10 frame, if they 
have any words of wisdom or maybe some tips or tricks? You mentioned residencies. Maybe you could talk a little bit about your process of getting in that, uh, getting in those residencies, or you could take it anywhere you want, but is there anything that you could share with us to maybe help the next person? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've sort of like fine tuned my Instagram algorithm to, to find open calls, uh, which, you know, you just keep liking those things and, and they'll show up more. Um, every month or two I'll go through and then I'll just bookmark them in, in Instagram and then every month or two I'll go through and just sort of look at those ones I've saved, see when their due date is. And I make a, a spreadsheet in, um, Google, uh, Google sheets and just put, um, you know, like the due dates, the URLs, the, how much it costs, you know, what's, what kind of awards are there when the thing is. And, and I made a little, uh, calculator so that it shows me how many as the days advance like it'll start to turn red and like bright pink with how many days are left um and and then i've i've been able to track like my success on things i've applied for right now i'm like in the last three years i'm at 55 percent. so i think that like um yes i still get lots of rejection letters but um but i'm I'm applying to ones that I think are uh, achievable. Uh, you know, maybe I know who's on the jury or or it's a show tailored to my interests, things like that. Um, and uh, I mean, there's lots of opportunities in it, in Atlanta, which is great. Um, I always I always apply for the Mocha GA Working Artist Project and one of these years I'm going to get it. Yeah. Uh, but I've gotten the um, the mayor's office um, prize like two years in a row or two years not consecutively. Um, I don't know. I mean, it it, it it it's not cheap because everything has you know twenty five thirty five dollars. So so I just have to make sure that I have set set aside and expect to to throw down a certain amount uh, each year for that. It's all tax write-offs, so that's the thing, artists. Make sure you're keeping your receipts, and you can write off just about everything you spend on your studio. If you if you if you're doing anything more than just a hobby, and you can show that you've got some sales, you don't have to make profit. But if you can show that you've been doing this and are, and are serious about it, then you can start to to write that off on your taxes. Yeah, makes sense. Um, and then I would just say another thing is to like if you're feeling frustrated because you can't find a place that will show your work, then take it into your own hands. Um, you know, spaces are, I wouldn't say spaces are always cheap to find, but there are places that you can find to throw an exhibition. Um, when I lived in Chicago, the first, the first uh, space that I ever uh, did something like that was, so there was a sort of like annual arts festival called Around the Coyote and, um, you know, like people would sign up and it would cost a hundred bucks or I don't know whatever it was, but we were just out of art school or in art school and sort of poor and we're like, well, how can we do something like this? And I had like three or four friends together and we were like, well, look, there's a vacant lot just right across the street going on from this. Why don't we just like 
clean out the trash, you know, fill in all the holes of dirt, um, find some electricity from the restaurant next door, get their permission and put up some, some temporary lighting and, and we, and paint the walls of the buildings on either side. And we made an after our exhibition, luckily the weather was good. Um, and it was, it was, I think a real success in terms of like, we got people to see our artwork and we started a dialogue and, and so I'm all for, um, you know, we run day and night projects on a, on a real, you know, not even $5,000 a year. So if you and a couple of friends can get some money together, find a space and clean it up, um, or, or do, do, you know, the, you can, you can have an art space. All you got to do is just like get a website even, or, or even just Instagram page. You know, there's, there's a lots of opportunities of ways to start to your own artistic, uh, exhibition space or something like that just create the opportunities right try or do, yeah, do your best yeah. to try to make them yeah and and there's people out there you can ask who can uh, give you advice if you need it or uh, i like working with young artists so if everybody has an idea i want to just run it by me that'd be totally cool right on well i think that's a good spot to stop the interview so um yeah. Stephen, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Cool. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity, and and um, uh, I really appreciate it. It's been great to talk to you and get to know you a little bit better too.